0: Jesus is real. There's power in Your name. We find hope when we trust in Your ways. We believe
1: Jesus is real. You want to test for your words? Ask yourself before you post it, before you say it. Does this display the fruit of the Spirit? it's a great test. It gets the job done. You say, does what I'm going to say now, is it loving? Is it joyful? Is it full of God's peace? Is it patient? Is it kind? Is it gentle? Do these words show my faithfulness to the Lord? Are these words exercising self-control?
0: Have you ever said something and immediately wondered why you said that? It can be easy to say things in the heat of the moment, things you wish you could take back. Well, today, Pastor Daniel continues to look at the power of words. He encourages you to slow down and think before you put your words out there, whether verbally or in writing. You'll be challenged to ask yourself if what you want to say reflects the fruit of the Spirit. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Proverbs chapter 15 as he continues his message, Your Words Matter.
1: in Proverbs chapter 15, verse one, about words being creative. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Now you hear that. So in the midst of a conversation, if you share a harsh word, then it creates the context for wrath to be able to happen, right? But in the same thing, a, a soft word will turn away that wrath. So you see that the way that we respond in situations has the creative ability either to stir up anger or to turn away anger. Now, you see how important this is? Because just like where the rubber meets the road where we all live, we talk to people all the time, right? And how often when somebody, when, there, when something goes on and things get heated that we add a harsh word onto it, and we make it worse, or how often when someone gets something gets heated, we say, "Oh hey, hold on, hold on a second. I, I, think, I think we're going down the road that neither of us want to go down right now. See, we're all always in communication with other people, whether it's via email or text or direct messages or social media, or we're talking one-on-one. And really, a lot of us have not taken hold of the fact that God wants to do something with our words. And your words are creative. Just the way God created the heavens and the earth through words, we can promote health, we can cut like a sword, we can create fights, or we can stop fights with how we choose to use our words. And I believe that God wants to do a revolutionary work in all of us, in the ways that we speak what we choose to say, why we choose to say Now, what else does the Bible teach us about words? Well, it teaches us that words are a window into your heart. That words are actually a window into your heart. Really what it means is that what you say shows you what's in your heart. You don't believe me? Listen to what Jesus said. This is Matthew chapter 12, verses 33 to 37. It says this, either make the tree good, And its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good things. And an evil man, out of the evil treasures of his heart, brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak they will give an account on of it in the day of judgment for by your words you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned ouch i mean those are the words of jesus i mean it's amazing what he's saying he's saying that words are a window into your heart because he says out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks so here's the deal Anytime, whatever comes out of your mouth shows you, it's a window into what's actually in your heart. I remember a personal story. When, uh, when my bride Lynn and I first got married, I never wanted to say things that were intentionally hurtful to my bride. You know, it's like I, I wanted to build her up. She's God's daughter, and she's my bride. And of course, my Bible tells me that you know, like that she's my own flesh. So if I treat her good, I'm treating myself good. And there's all these things that it says. And so, but I remember one time uh, we must have been married for maybe four or five months at the time that that I remember we had a disagreement, and I intentionally said something to hurt her. And and right as I realized it, I apologized. I was aware that I did it. And I remember talking to a buddy of mine who, who was a guy who I would always talk to about these things. And I, and I confessed it to him because he was, you know, a guy who was giving me accountability and helping guide me through life. And, and I remember, I'll never forget what he said. I told him what happened. He said, well, okay, well, it's good that you apologize, but at least you, now you know what's in your heart. I'm like, oh, wait, what? He's like, no, now you know what's in your heart because it came out because it's, it, the only thing it came out of you is because it's what's inside of you. And Jesus really, Jesus is interested in cleansing our hearts, the control center of our life. And our words are a window that you can peek into what is in my heart. So here's what I want to tell you. Like if you're, if you're driving and you get cut off by somebody and, and, and you roll down the window and you curse at them, right? It's easy to say, well, I did that because they did. But actually, no, all of that cursing is what's in your heart. That's why it came out of you. Right, And so the words that we use are actually a window to show us where we're at and what's in us. And one of the things that I love so much about the Lord is the Lord already knows what is inside of us. It's not like the Lord is shocked by these things that are inside of us. The Lord already knows. Often we can be shocked by what's inside of us. But what we end up having is that once we realize that there's something inside of us that is not what God would have. Then we come to the Lord and say, oh Lord, we confess it to the Lord. Lord, you know what's in my heart. And Lord, I want to turn away from it. Lord, I'm giving it to you. I'm, I'm agreeing with you that that's wrong. And Lord, I want you to, to do a work to cleanse my heart so that I feel differently. Or I think differently. Or I act differently. See, each one of us is responsible for our own words but our words show us what's in our heart. Now, I want to take a moment and speak to you exceedingly blessed people who are quiet, okay? I don't, like I'm envious, you're blessed, I'm jealous, in a godly jealousy, I wish I was quieter. But I know, and I've talked to a number of people who are quieter, you may not say it, but all these things you want to say, because you're not like a talker, when that stuff comes out that you choose not to say because you're wise, right, right? Don't miss the fact that even though you don't say it when it comes out of you, still you want to repent of that. You didn't speak it out, so it didn't create anything negative, but you're still seeing what's in your heart even if you're not expressing it outward. Does that make sense? One of the things I catch myself doing sometimes is with social media because you can always place your thoughts out there. I'll write like a, a post and I'll write it just to get it out, but I will never send it. Because I'm like, actually, this isn't what I want to do and this shows a, a window into my heart and it felt good to get it out, but I actually don't want to actually have anybody impacted by that. So I choose to delete it. But then because I wrote it, I know what's in my heart. I'm like, Lord, you're interested in doing heart surgery. And that's what I love so much about who Jesus is. Jesus is the great heart surgeon. He wants to do a work in all of our lives. And none of us are completed yet. I mean, in Christ, we're perfected, but our experience of that perfection every single day, we're in this process of sanctification. So I I always like to remind people that like, I'm not what I used to be and I'm not what I'm gonna be, but today's a day to move in the right direction. So, So God is doing a work. And so when you see what's in your heart through the words that you, that you choose to speak or the words that you want to speak but you are smart enough not to say it, it's an opportunity to confess it to the Lord, to repent, and then of course rejoice in God's forgiveness that he would love people like us. Because I mean, you hear what Jesus says here in, in, in Matthew chapter 12, that a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil things. And then he reminds us that For every idle word that we speak, we will give an account for in it, on the day of judgment, for by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. Now, that last statement is kind of heavy, isn't it? That we all going to give an account. Because really, on the day of judgment, we give an account for the totality of our lives. And our words are part of the totality of our lives. But really, don't miss the fact that, By the words of our mouth, we'll be condemned or justified because we confess Jesus with our mouths. And that's what the Apostle Paul talked about in Romans chapter 10. See, that's why it's so important for us to confess Jesus as Lord. Because with confession, it's made unto salvation. See, so when you believe in Jesus, you're you're not ashamed to say, I confess that Jesus is my Savior. Because we take that step because that confession is the key to eternity being justified because of the finished work of Jesus. So we want to grab hold of the fact that our words show us what's in our heart. And when we see what's in our heart, we want to be able to confess what's wrong, repent of it, and rejoice. And obviously, if you have good things coming out of your heart, and you're speaking uh, beautiful words, you praise God for that because it's God, the Spirit's work in your life that's doing that as well. Now... Because of all this, what do we learn? We learn next that words must be guarded. Words must be guarded. Because for every idle word that we speak, Jesus said, we're going to have to give an account. So we, we want to not just speak our minds all the time. We want to guard our words. One of the things that I always like to remind myself and tell other people is that once you say it, you can't take it back. Like, it's been said. Those words, because they're creative and it's a window in your heart, it's better not to say it than to say it and wish you hadn't. Right? So you need to guard your words. Now listen to what it says. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 23. Proverbs 21, 23 says it this way. Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. (laughs) Isn't that awesome? Whoever guards his mouth and tongue Keeps his soul from troubles. I mean, could it get more plain as day than that? Because if you take the alternative, if you don't guard, then you're creating troubles for your soul because not everything we say should see the light of day. Now, I think that's one of the struggles we have in our culture because our culture has kind of grown to say that like, I am just who I am. Like we, we really want transparent. Everyone's like, well, this is who I am, deal with it. And actually, the Bible says that's the exact opposite of what you're supposed to do. Like, we live in a day where people are like, well, that's who I am. If you don't like it, you can deal with it. No, no, no. That's foolishness. Because really what it's saying is that me as I am, I should impose that on everybody. It's the ultimate in narcissism and pride. Actually, what God wants is for us to be aware of what we are, but not impose that on everybody. So just because you think it does not mean you should tell everybody that. And listen, I say that somebody who's failed at this in infinite ways. Like, we're doing a series on one of my big life struggles so that I can grow in it, you know? And so, so as I'm looking at this, I'm like, okay, the person who always tells everybody, just says whatever they're feeling, that's foolishness. It's, it's folly. Let's listen, listen to Proverbs 13, verse 3. He who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips shall have... Destruction. That's why I say words must be guarded. God does not, like, there's a difference between transparency and vulnerability. Transparency says, this is who I am, deal with it. Vulnerability says, this is who I am, can you help me? Right? And in a world that loves transparency, everyone just speaks their mind. The Bible says, actually, don't do that. Guard your mouth and then ask for help. Don't say the things that you wish you had I mean, and listen, how many of you have said things you wish you hadn't before? All of us have, right? There's, like, you have, you're have you having a disagreement or you're having a discussion, and all of a sudden you say something, you're like, why did I say that? And because you didn't guard it, now you have, there's troubles, there's all these things that go on because words are creative. They give a window into our soul, and once they're out there, you can't pull them back. And that's why, of course, the Bible says, Lord, uh, let our words be few, and there's that old proverb that I've always heard, and it's not a proverb from the Bible, but it's better to keep your mouth shut and be thought a fool than open your mouth and dispel all doubt, right? It's better to not say anything and for people to think you're foolish than to open your mouth and everyone realize that you're foolish. And so it's important for us what does it look like to allow the Spirit of God, because of our faith in Jesus, to guard our words, to say, I am going to make sure I actually want to say that. And just because you have that in your heart doesn't mean you should speak it. And can I just talk about this? I mean, our culture is insane right now. But if you're a follower of Jesus, you should not share, repost all the political garbage. Like it's, you should guard, there's people who don't, vote the way you vote who Jesus loves who you're you have some sort of a relationship with them if they haven't unfriended you yet because you're polarized that Jesus wants to reach through you and all you're doing is obscuring the gospel i mean why would you want to offend people over politics that Jesus died to forgive i mean it makes no and like n- nobody ever gets saved because somebody is blathering about whatever they're blathering about and cutting down the gospel. And we have this going on every single day. We should guard our words. You want the test for your words? Ask yourself before you post it, before you say it, does this display the fruit of the Spirit? It's a great test. It gets the job done. You say, does what I'm going to say now, is it loving? Is it joyful? Is it full of God's peace? Is it patient? Is it kind? Is it gentle? Do these words... Show my faithfulness to the Lord. Are these words exercising self control? I mean, like, it's such a simple test because we want to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. We know that when we're in the Spirit, we, we have the fruit of the Spirit on display. And we need to make sure that we guard our hearts because everything that we think should not see the light of day. It shouldn't just come flying out of our mouths. And I remember, when, <laughs> this is so funny, and I'm even sharing this with you all. But, you know, hey, it's, it's family. I remember when I first got saved, I started asking God for like a three-second delay like they have on TV. Now I think it's more like ten seconds between when it happens and when they show it on TV. So they have to – if they need to edit anything or beep out bad words, I started saying, Lord, will you give me a, a filter, like, like a ten-second delay, a three-second delay between when I think something and when I say it, because growing up with a big mouth, everything I thought would just fly out of my mouth without any regard for the consequences of it. But when I started walking with Jesus, I realized this is not a good thing. I, there needs to be like a filter, right? So that, so that certain things that I'm, I'm going to say, I don't say. And every once in a while, when things slip out that I don't want to slip out, I'm always like, oh, man, Lord. But I, I realize how far I've come. But I also realize how far I need to go. Because your words are creative. They show what's in your heart, but they should be guarded, right? And, there, and, and when you don't say certain things, they're in your heart, it's so much better to just have to deal with it with the Lord and say, Lord, you know this is in my heart. You know this is not glorifying you. But Lord, at least I'm not saying it and tearing people down. I'm not saying this and destroying relationships. I'm not saying this and creating all sorts of troubles for me and other people because of the dumb stuff that's in my heart. Lord, do the heart work without all of the collateral damage of saying these things. So our words must be guarded. And then finally, you and me, our words should bless people. Our words should be a vehicle for the blessings of God. And really, that's why God created our words. So not only we can communicate with one another, but we could bring a tangible blessing through his heart and his words coming through our heart and our words. Like, listen to what it says in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 24. Pleasant words are like a honeycomb sweetness to the soul, and health to the bones. Now, we don't really get the the implication that pleasant words are like a honeycomb until you realize that the only way to sweeten anything in biblical times was through honey. There was no high fructose corn syrup. There was no uh, whatever you use to try and sweeten your stuff up. You know, brown sugar, cane sugar, you know, uh, spirulina. I mean, whatever people used to, to sweeten up their stuff, right? It's like all they had was the honeycomb. And so they're saying, literally, words that are building up, pleasant words, words that bless, are like the best sweetener. They bring sweetness to the soul, and health, like so, so it's not only like a, a spiritual thing, there's also there's physical blessings that come along with it. And then don't miss this. Speaking about our words that bless people, listen to Ephesians chapter four, verse twenty-nine. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace? to the hearers. Now, I want to unpack that for you because it's really powerful. First it says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. It doesn't say, listen, let a corrupt word proceed out of your mouth if you're arguing politics. It doesn't say, let a corrupt word proceed out of your mouth because you think it's a funny joke, even though you shouldn't say it. It says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. So so there's like a, a definite prohibition against corruption coming out of your mouth. Right? Because your words are created, they're a window into your heart, they should be guarded. So you when you catch yourself wanting to share a corrupt word, you should guard that, right? But instead, what is good for necessary edification? So you should guard your words and only let come out of your mouth what is good to, what's necessary to build people up. And how do you build people up? By imparting grace to your hearers. So God's plan for our words is that our words impart grace. The grace of Jesus, the the love of God the goodness of God, the truth of God's word. But we speak the truth not brutally, but we speak the truth, as the Apostle Paul said, in what? In love. And uh, Warren Wiersbe, the the Bible commentator, said it this way, that love without truth is hypocrisy, and truth without love is brutality. So when when you're a truth teller, without love, it's brutal. It brutalizes people. It hurts people. Right? And We want that that truth spoken of in love. And so we want our words to impart grace to people. That's God's goal. That our words are a vehicle to draw them closer to the Lord because our words build them up. They edify. They're guarded. We know that they're created. And God wants our words to join him in the ushering in of his kingdom on this side of the earth. So as we bring this message to a close, I realize give this kind of message. I've been so convicted preparing it. I'm even more convicted sharing it right now. And what I realize is that because we all use words, God wants us to be aware our words create things, right? And because they create things, we have to always be careful. We have to guard them, right? We should use our words to bless. Any words that are not gonna bless somebody, we should hold them back. Because those words give a window into our heart and God is interested in doing a work of purification in all of our hearts and as we as Jesus said as we love the lord our god with all our heart soul strength and mind and we love our neighbors ourselves the journey of life is for god to do a work of purifying our words transforming our words changing our words and now I don't want anyone to feel like condemned because we've all failed And if if you're hearing this, you're like, oh, I just messed this up. Some of you right now, man, I had a huge blowout with my kids, my spouse, my neighbor just this morning or just today. And and, and I can't believe I'm hearing this now. Listen, just ask the Lord for forgiveness. Go back and apologize where you messed up. Listen, we're all a work in progress. We're, We're all a renovation project. God's doing the work. But because we've heard this, now we're saying, Lord, how do you want me to walk in this? Lord, will you empower me? Lord, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your forgiveness. Lord, thank you for the finished work of Jesus. And Lord, if there's a wicked way in me, will you cleanse me, Lord, and lead me in the way everlasting? Listen, we want our words to be a vehicle for Jesus to bring his blessings into the world. So Lord, guard our hearts.
0: Jesus is... It doesn't matter how old you are or how long you've walked with Jesus. We all struggle with our words sometimes. Today, Pastor Daniel reminded you that because words can create, they have great power. The things you say are a window into your heart and show you the areas that God wants you to work on. As you learned, God wants your words to be a blessing to others, to be used to share His love with
1: the world.
0: Join us again here on Jesus Is Real Radio when Pastor Daniel invites you to join him in seeing what the book of James has to say about the power of words. You'll learn that because words are creative and can cause people to stumble, there's an extra weightiness to teaching. Those who teach, whether it's with adults or children, have to be careful about what they say. God wants your words to point people toward him and his ways,